Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. Ephraimites and Shalom. This is your host, Mark Reinbold, and this is the House of Ephraim show today. We do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in this show. It's Mark Reinbold. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in, in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time, that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois out what we call lovingly the corn patch, and you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God. And I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the house of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material, not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service. And we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity, again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that. 
and you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprofit.com. That's cradle at jewishprofit.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about, and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call, 618-262-2810, and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Decker. But okay, we were talking about the signs. Now, in Luke 17, I want to turn there, and if you'll turn there with me, if I can get all this out of the way. Luke 17, and in the 26th verse. Now, this is a, this is another sign. Okay, this is called, we call it the sign of Noah. And as it was in the days of Noah, now this is, this is 18, uh, 17, I'm sorry, 26, 1726 of Luke. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, drink, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise also, it was in the days of Lot that did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Now, this is a sign. These are things that you can look toward. And, and you know, I, I think it's really, 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 really important that when you begin to realize that, bless God, as we see this, are we in a time now where we're interested in, in bless God, uh, eating and drinking and they married wives and they were given in marriage and, bless God, and until, uh, until Noah entered it said, and, and so that's what it was done. Life was the same. Life's going to go on just as usual until all this hell comes down on us. In other words, it's going to be the same as it was the day before, the same as it been maybe the year before. But on that day, and, and that's the same thing was talking about Lot, that bless God, that, that in that day, that, that bless God, that, that all of a sudden everything was fine, but the next day it wasn't fine. This is a sign to understand so shall it be when, of, the sunny, of the coming of the Son of Man, the coming of Yeshua Himself. Signs that are given to us. See, as I said, a sign that I'm given to the nation, and you've heard me to give, uh, bless God, about Ephraim, the house of Joseph, the house of Ephraim, or Ephraim, as some of you call them, and, and I guess that depends on which side of the corn patch you live on, okay? But the fact of it is that we are at a time now that the sign that God gave us through the prophets, that there would come a day when, bless God, that the Lord God would gather all of Ephraim from the four corners of this earth and would bring them physically. See, some people are getting to, trying to now tell us, well, now that's a spiritual gathering. No, it's not a spiritual gathering. It's a physical gathering. No, it's not a spiritual temple. It is a physical temple that's going to be built over there. Yes, we are going home. But the promise and the word and the sign it says within that that you'll see that day when God will begin to do what? God will begin to do what? Bring forth a remnant of the people. 
So we are in the very midst of the sign of the last days that God is pulling. You know, again, all of you have come from many far places to be here this weekend. And bless God, you're not here because of a preacher. You're here because of what's going on in your hearts. That is the thing by itself that makes this an absolute legitimate uh, transition of God. I, I, you know, I, I'm thrilled that God chose me, chose you, chose us to be the part that we're going to play in this last transition. We're it. I mean, this is what this is. This is the beginning of this thing. And it is going to do what? You know, it's just now, listen, and I'm going to give you, a, a bless God, a prophesy here to you. We are just in the midst of the rain, of the latter rain. Now, you've heard a lot of Pentecostals talk about that. But folks, we're the folks that's going to cause it to rain Holy Ghost. We're the ones that's going to do that. It's, it's, it's us that's going to do it. See, it, it's not the whole church. It's the remnant that God is pulling out. It's the remnant that God is saying, look, you come. And that's what I said, and that's what's neat of that, about that is you all stood tonight, and you begin to do what? You introduce yourselves. And my goodness gracious, we've got people from all over the country here. Now, is that by chance? Is that just happened because, bless God, that uh, you want to hear this one preacher? No, no, that happened because you're, you're being drawn to your spirit, and we've come together in this building in southern Illinois. And we'll make, we'll make many meetings here together before the time comes when God moves us out. Now, let's go on to the next one. The next one is visions. Now, this is another way of extraordinary, supernatural guidance. Functions as directed for ministry or personal revelation that is needed. That's what visions are. They're functions as directed for ministry or personal a revelation that is needed. Now, we know that these visions, let's go to Acts 16. Turn with me in Acts 16. These, this thing with visions, you know, you don't hear that many people. I don't run into that many people that have visions. And I think, you know, I think it's, uh, you know, it's, it's something because you would think that people would talk a lot about visions. Now, there are open visions and there's closed visions. All right? An open vision is like the things that God gives me when everything just lights up. As bright as these lights are, only a hundred times brighter, all of a sudden, whoo! And everything in the room, you're gone, bless God, the room lights up, and then God takes me somebody, someplace, to somebody, or, or some situation, and begins to speak to me by the angel, and begins to tell me, do you see this, and what do you see, and what is that? Now, a closed vision... And this is very difficult to try to understand. And I think, I think probably more so, not so much the difficulty of understanding it as, bless God, the scary part of people trying to think that maybe they're having it because it has to happen in your mind. A closed vision is something that you just seem to know. Have you heard the terminology in your mind's eye? Have you heard that? That's more of, of a closed vision. Now, that just scares the <coughs> socks off of me, okay? Figuratively speaking. And the reason it does is now we're dealing with a mind that's going to have to try to cipher or determine whether it's really something that you're receiving from God or it's a figment of your imagination or, at this point, we're talking about familiar spirits that have come in. I think of both of those types of visions, I think the closed visions 
are the ones that I would I would least trust. I, I, don't, I don't know. I know that you learn to work within these things as God develops them in your life. Okay? I know that. But, I, I, you know, I just don't know how in the world anybody can trust closed vision. I never have understood that. But people do. And people say that, well, you know, that works, and this happens, and this happens. And I guess it's like everything else. It's sort of the difference between uh, hearing a, a small, still voice speak to you and hear the audible voice of God speak to you. I would no more want to have to try to wrestle around a voice that's a small... What is a small, still voice? It's a voice that's going on up here. Okay? What is that? When you pray, Brother Deckard, then all you do is just be quiet, and the first thing you hear God say is God speaking to you. What did Brother Deckard hear? Go get a hamburger. Okay? Go get a hamburger. Now, was that God? No. The pastor knew it wasn't God. I knew it wasn't God. But I, but what was it? It was my mind. Now, was there a possibility that I'm not anointed to do that? Yes, and thank God I'm not. Because I think that is just part of the biggest pain in a rumpus that we got in the church, is people thinking that they're hearing God say something and saying, well, I work for that very small, still voice. Now, I have been around people that have been pretty effective with that, all right? But we're talking about the visions now, all right? So when you get when you get involved with this thing and, and God begins to give you these visions, I'm going to tell you something. They're given, bless God, uh, to encourage and to reassure uh, us as we go along. Now, we were we, I'll have you turn to Acts 16, 9 and 10. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man at Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia as assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. Now, you know what the neat thing of that about that is? What did that in that vision? It told him, bless God, it come at night, and there stood a man in Macedonia and spoke, and he, and he was to go there. All right, so what's going on? He's being given a direction. He's being given a... Uh, something that he's to go do. See, I, you know, I've told you at times that the Lord God uh, uh, speaks and, and tells me things such as, don't go do this or send the angel. And the angel will say, don't you go there tomorrow. Your life's in danger. Don't you, don't you pass over that way. You pull off the side of the road and stop now. What's that about? That's about the angel of the Lord God speaking to me. And, and, that, and, and a lot of cases has saved my life from telling me, don't do this or don't do that. But in many other cases, that angel of the Lord will appear to me and say, I want you to go here. I don't want you to go there. I want you to go down here and get this done. Tomorrow you do this and you take care of that. So see, there's a guidance in that. Now, when it comes to these open visions, and I, I, you know, I've always said, and I, I try to joke about it, but the fact of it is, coming at the early age of life that they, they came to me, and, and, and also the fact that bless God, in the midst of all this stuff, they're very simple to read. I think, myself, of course, why wouldn't it? This is the way I work. I've done this for all these years, and not one of these open visions have ever fallen to the ground yet, and they're not going to at this point. Now, the room lights up, and this great big, like a movie screen, and this whole room becomes, and all of a sudden, let's say I'm in China. 
I'm seeing I'm in China. I mean, I'm actually seeing. God has opened that up, and He's taken me there, and He's showing me this stuff, and He's speaking to me what He wants me to do and how He wants me to do it. Praise God. And then, bless God, uh, 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 it's, He says, well, what are you seeing? I said, well, I see this, and I see that. And He said, well, look at this over here. I want you to go take care of that. Now, folks, that's easy to do. See, that's just like me seeing you and you seeing me. The thing that scares me, and I'm telling you folks, it does scare me, is the fact that people are putting trust in that small voice, putting trust in, bless God, these closed visions, putting trust in these dreams that aren't even scriptural. And bless God, not only are they putting trust in that, they're trying to guide people's lives by these things. And, I, you know, I, I just don't understand that what, what, what drives that in people. What's driving that in you? Why do you want to take a chance of cursing yourself? Why do you want to take a chance, bless God, to end up burning hell? Because you want to be, what, spiritual? That, oh, God said this, or, oh, God said that? Come on, we need, we need to get past that stuff. We need to get past what I think. And isn't that really what people are doing? And you know, like I told you, the other thing that I watch that it really makes me want to throw up, that wasn't nice, was it? Well, anyway, regurgitate. How's that one? Shut up, Tom. Don't do that. Okay. It's, a little, it's getting a little, you know, when the back of the room I can't see so good, we got a problem, okay? The problem is that we could be out of here howling the moon in about 15 minutes here, uh, but uh, we'll try to maintain. Donna will try to get me to the car and try to get me headed back toward Mount Carmel, where real prophets live, okay? So if you want to be a real prophet, move to Mount Carmel. That's the first thing I'd do. Okay, I know, I just, I just, I'm moving to Mount Carmel. You know, that's where prophets are from. We've got to get there, and bless God, we'll get down there and drink that old dirty river water and get that down in our gullet, and we'll have it made. Now, so the open visions are easy. Now, I wish, if I, you know, if I could pick and choose, I'd say, okay, the only thing that's going to happen, if you don't have an open vision, it don't count. But that don't count, because that's not what God does. God does speak to you with a small, still voice. God does, bless God, give you uh, closed visions. And God does give open visions. God has visitations, as we talked about with the angels themselves. And God speaks through His Word to us. But what we desire to have most is an extraordinary, supernatural guidance from God. And we want that. Again, my question to you is why? It's because we're first made spirit beings. Our spirit is, is, is absolutely starving for, for the communication back to our Creator. I mentioned that, I think, last night. And, that, and that's, what, that's what drives all this. So we look at that, all right? Then we go on down through here, and then all of a sudden we begin to understand something else. And the thing about dreams, well, I've talked a lot about the dreams, and I'm going to try to, to bless God to... to uh, sort of leave that exactly where it's at. Uh, again, personal dreams to send, your, to send you to go do this or go do that, that's scriptural. For you to have spiritual dreams about destruction and things that come to this earth that doesn't need to be interpreted, I'd be real, real careful about that. Why? Because when you get down into and talk about the things in Daniel, Pharaoh's dream to preserve God's people, remember that? 41... Uh, 1 and 25 of Genesis, 
Matthew 2, 12 through 13, Joseph's guidance and protection. Remember, God woke him and, and, or took him in a dream and told him to do what? Told him to take the child and go to Egypt. Now, the, the, now the, the last thing here that I want to talk about in this area is bless God fleeces. Now, this is an extraordinary means, if you will, of, of, of doing what? Of, of, of trying to find out if it's God or not. Now, um, I call it asking for a sign. Some people would say, well, that's trying to lay out a fleece. Now, the church came up with this adage, if in fact you lay out a fleece, you could get fleeced. And I think we've all heard that, if you've been around very much at all, to be careful of that. But I'm going to tell you something. That's not the truth. That's not the truth at all. What God wants you to understand is, you again, you've got to have a mechanism, folks, for finding out if this stuff is real or it's not real. Now, remember, well, Gideon, let's go, let's go to the book of Judges here. We can do that quickly if you can. Let me see what time it is. Oh, my goodness. The book of Judges. We're getting there. Judges. Sixth chapter. Sixth chapter. Twelfth verse. Six twelve, Judges. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, Lord, the Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us, and where be all his miracles which our fathers told us of, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy, thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I, I sent thee? And he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manassas. And I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. So in other words, he's saying, Okay, I'm with you. I'm going to get this done. Now look in 34, same, or 36, I'm sorry, same chapter in 36. And, and Gideon said unto God, If thou wilt save Israel by mine hand, as thou hast said, behold, I will put a fleece of wool in the floor and if the dew be on the fleece only, and it is dry upon all the earth beside, then shall I know that, that, that thou uh, wilt save Israel by mine hand, as thou hast said. And it was so, for he rose up early in the, in the morrow, and thrust the fleece to, uh, together, and wringed the dew out of the fleece, a bowl full of water. And Gideon said unto God, Let not thy anger be hot against me, and I will speak but this once. Let me prove, I pray thee, but this once with the fleece, let it now be dry uh, only upon the fleece, and upon all the ground let there be a dew. And, the, and God did so that night, for it was dry upon the fleece only, and there was dew on all the ground. Now what's going on? Well, of course, again, we call this laying out a fleece. Now already, Gideon already knew the will of God. He knew the will of God because God told him. But I'm going to tell you something, folks, because, you, because the fear that you have of God, and you should have a godly fear, that fear you want to be right. See, there is something in real prophets that desire above everything to be right. That's there. A real prophets, bless God, don't have a desire just to talk, to have much talking going on to amuse you 
And that's what happens with most people trying to be prophets. They're trying to get your attention that they are some spiritual whatever. And that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to get you convinced that, bless God, that they are hearing from God. Now, uh, the, the lane of these fleeces, uh, or this thing uh, that I, again, I actually call signs, but I can see that they, they vary, and they're different from given signs that we talked about. But when you understand that this deal works, and it does work, then you need to, you know, you, you need to try this. And the reason I keep saying over and over, because it does work. Again, is it consistent with God? Has to be. It's in the book. Did God tell Gideon, don't you ever do this again? And basically don't ask me twice? No. It was Gideon that was, was, was frightened. It was Gideon that was afraid that if he asked twice, that, you know, tried to do this the second time, that maybe the Lord God's anger would come. But it didn't. Because why? God wants you to get this guidance thing right. In order to get it right, it's very simple. Well, Lord God, if that's you, I've asked God for all kind of things uh, for him to, 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 to let me understand if it's going to be him. Now, if, the, if in fact it didn't come to pass, you know what? I just shut up. When I was early in my ministry, young in the ministry, there would be things that I'd ask signs for, and I'd say, Lord, I want this to happen. I'm going to lay this fleece out, and bless God, I want you to, to bless God. If this doesn't take place, then I'm not going to go. And sometimes it didn't take place. And guess what? I just shut my mouth. I didn't go. And that's what you've got to... See, again, it, 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 it's a skill to be learned. All right? Say it's a skill to be learned. That's what this thing is. This isn't a for random, and I hope I get it right this week. And, well, if I don't, maybe I'll get lucky and get something right last, next week. See, again, that's, that's, that is the mentality set of, 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 of witchcraft, because they operate in the same place. They're, they're not 100% right. They know they're not. They don't even try to be. But what they are is, bless God, working on the wrong side of the fence. So if you lay this stuff out like this, uh, and, and like I said, if it doesn't work, stop it. Don't be stupid. Now, did this show us God's fatherly response to, to accommodate our, our human weaknesses? Yes, I think it does. I think it absolutely does. I, I, think, I think that God allows this stuff. For, uh, uh, let me tell you something. There isn't any reason at all not to do these things because there's nothing in the Bible that ever got, anybody got rebuked over doing it. But you see, most of us are about halfway um, afraid to do this kind of stuff because it's kind of like that story I told about me going to lay hands on the woman with cancer. What if it doesn't work? going to make me look bad. Well, that's the thing of pride in your place. You'll get over that. You will, you will remove past that. It's more important that you get the guidance system right, stay with the guidance system, than try to, bless God, get yourself in a position where what? Where all this thing comes down around your, your noggin. Now, ordinary means of, of, of guidance. We're going to go through this as we wrap this up. It's God's written Word, and that's what I want you to know. Psalms 119, 105. 1 Peter 1, 17 through 21. So the ordinary means of guidance. Now, we've talked about the extraordinary means of guidance, which we went through uh, the things that we've just gone through, but let's go back and look at these things. The first thing, as I said, is God's written word. The second thing is, is, the, is the Holy Ghost, the Rahakadish. John 3, 3. Luke 4, 1. All right? 
personal integrity, basic honesty, usually not taught in these things. Proverbs 11.3. Personal integrity, basic honesty, usually isn't taught when it comes to the ordinary means of guidance. Why? Because you see, a little bit of common sense will take you a long way. I've always said that to people that are trying to work into the supernatural realm. You've got to, uh, just a little bit of common sense. A little bit of common sense. And for people that want to jump in this thing, that don't have a reverence for God over the possibility of getting in here and monkeying their life up being cursed, their family's life up being cursed, and even worse than that, the people that listen to it are being cursed, then there's something wrong. And, and, and really, I think what I'm trying to say in all of it, the, the, the problem, uh, bless God, is the people trying to bless God to do what? It's trying to be, that's trying to be guided. I think we jump and get the cart in front of the horse. I think we're more interested in our spirituality than our, than our scripturality, which I've said over and over again. Walking in the Spirit and personal obedience reduces the need and the expectation for the extraordinary form of guidance. Now, you hear that? Walking in the Spirit and personal obedience. That often, bless God, reduces that need for that extraordinary, bless God, that form of guidance. We do not seek the experience, but we seek God and His will. So don't seek the experience of, of this guidance thing. You, you, you seek God and His will to please God, not ourselves. He provides, or he, yeah, he's, he provides the guidance and its excitement as He, meaning God, desires, and only as He desires. But there always has to be a meaning. Uh, there always has to be a meaning behind this. You should always ask yourself. God, why would you give me this? Why would the Lord tell me this? What reason does God have to tell me this? I went through this for years. I was right here in this church, in this building, and I would stand here and I would prophesy things. There's two people back there and two people over here that would used to come and listen. And I would prophesy things, things that would come to pass. And I would say, God, what are you doing this to me for? Who cares? This little group of people? What is, what's that about? I mean... God, there's no reason for that. And I didn't seek God for those things, for those open visions. They just came. But you see, on some of your parts, you're out here thinking, oh boy, if I could just have a vision, if I could just have this. I've had people, bless God, in, in pretty decent positions say to me, if I could just have one vision that would come to pass that I could put on TV, you know, this would really be good for the ministry. Whoa, 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 whoa. It's not being good for the ministry. It's got to be good for what? The furtherment of God's kingdom. Now, that takes us back to one of the early points that I made about all this. It takes us back to you understanding that the whole reasoning behind this is to further the kingdom of God. It's not behind this. is not to further your ministry. Now, a superheated imagination, unchecked and unregulated, is the primary source of deception. Now, let me read that again. Superheated imagination that goes unchecked and unregulated is the primary source of deception. Superheated imagination, unchecked and unregulated. Now, that's the reason that the spirit of the prophets are what? Subject to the prophets. That's the reason if you're going to get into a position where you think God is doing something, 
and you need to speak that out, then that's, again, the guidelines are simple. Then you need to have it judged by a real prophet. Don't, don't be backwards about those kind of things. Now, you come under this ministry, and what we want you to do is just write it down and throw it away. Well, well Brother Deckard, you said it needed to be judged. I already judged it. Write it down and throw it away. In about six months, see what happens the next time. See, I, uh, folks, what you don't understand, you're not going to come on the scene and make a big splash. So you're not going to come on the scene and God tell you to bless God that the, that the New York City is going to blow up tomorrow morning at, at, at 10 o'clock. That's not going to happen to you. You're not going to make a big splash. What you're going to do, and I want to one more time with guidance to understand, you're going to spend the first probably five to seven years of your life hearing God tell you to straighten this up, to straighten that up, to straighten this up, straighten that up. Do this right over here. Don't do that any way over there. Now, there is a guidance from God. But do you know how long most people are, are being guided that way by God? Not long enough to spit on. Not enough to bless God to even say that they know that that's what they have been through. In other words, what did they do? They didn't come into God's army and start down here as a buck private. They got into God's army and decided they would just move right on up into being a general and a, probably a four or five star one to, buck, to boot. Now, how's that work? Not like that. And that's what, you know, again, you've got to come up through the ranks with this thing. God's never going to tell you. See, God's not going to tell you that New York City is going to blow up tomorrow at 10 o'clock in the morning, period, because he's not going to set, let you set any dates. Number two, what's the reason for God to even tell you that when you can't seem to hear God to straighten up your own life? What's the need for that? Brothers and sisters, there is no need for that. As long as you've got a mess, as long as you're not lined up with God, as long as you're not doing the will of God, and you have sin all in your life, God's never going to speak that to you like that. So what is the problem? It has to be a you problem. In my case, it could be a me problem. But it's got to be a you problem. You're the problem. Your motives aren't right. Because why? You're wanting to start up up here, and you forgot to start down there. You know, as I said, I love it. People sit in churches, and then all of a sudden they leave the church, and all the next thing they hear this voice say, Come into the ministry, son. Really? And you didn't do what? You didn't shine the floors. You didn't cut the yard. You didn't paint the building. You didn't keep the door at the church. You went in and sat on your can in a church and listened to a few sermons, and all of a sudden, I'll be just about a two-star general myself, you know. No, you don't. You've got to come up through those ranks. You've got to be corrected. You've got to have somebody standing over you, bless God, and get you to the place where you believe that you wouldn't know Jesus Christ if He come in and shook your hand. That's what you're going to have to do. But most of us are never going to do that. Do you have any idea how many thousands of people are out here standing in these holy beamets, beamets tomorrow on their Sabbath, not ours? Don't get me started. That bless God that have never come through the ranks. They've never, they've never put up with it. They've never, they've never, they've never understood what's going on. Folks, do yourself a favor. 
you need to, bless God, strongly suggest to yourselves that you need to get this thing right. You know, I was here uh, from, uh, from Arizona, from Phoenix, and, and we have a fellowship out there, and, and I apologize uh, a couple weeks back or so, maybe longer than that, and I the problem is I can't be there with you. Because if I was here with you, there were some things that came up with a couple characters that were elders, and, and, I, and I said, if I was there with you, this would have never happened. But I can't be there with you. So therefore, there's so much that I want to say, and the conversations that we have, and we do talk on the phone. We talk probably more now because of that situation than we, than we ever have, because I know you're busy. You've got lots of things to do, lots of phone calls to make. And as I said, yours is important because your fellowship out there is as important as the fellowship that we've got in Minnesota, the fellowship that we've got other places in the United States. But the fact of it is, until I can get the ministry involved in this thing, understanding how do you handle some knothead coming in and saying, whoa, I'm the next prophet. How are you going to handle that coming into the fellowship? Real simple. The Bible says you've got to prove your ministry. Give them a paintbrush and tell them to paint the building. And after about six months, if they have proven their ministry, if they come an hour early and turn the lights on, get the heat or the air conditioning on, sweep the floors, arrange the chairs, pick up the trash, dump the trash, if they want to do all that in six months, we might talk to them about being elders. Again, we might not, depending on what God says. No, we have people going, well, I'll be glad to take over any time. Uh, yeah, well, over my dead body, you will, you know, and that's not going to happen. So be guided, first, by what? The Word. Secondly, bless God, understand, you, if you get into the extraordinary guidance, and that's a super heated thing that we just talked about at last, <clears throat> be careful about that, because those are the things that what, what I'm afraid it's going to end up happening to you is take you way out here. See, once a familiar spirit lets you hit on something, and they will, They'll let you hit on something, but you know what they're doing? They're setting you up. They're setting you up because they'll let you hit something, and then, bless God, the next time you're going to miss something. And what's that missing going to do? That missing, bless God, is going to get you run off. If you're around this ministry, it'll get you run off real quick. Why? We don't need that. We want you to learn properly. We want the ministry to be able to minister to you properly, okay? Tomorrow, tomorrow we're going to end this up. I'm going to, I'm going to spend time and give you the latest uh, that God has given me about America, the things that, the, the vision that came uh, by the angel, and uh, I talk to you about those things. I try to tell you a few things that has been verified uh, through uh, that, that, that vision. And uh, so I'm going to give you the latest and greatest thing, okay, that I've got from the throne room of God. And it's, it, it includes you or involves you. It involves this nation. And bless God, uh, I'm sure that you'll leave here with an understanding. Again, tomorrow after the service, we'll be laying hands on people that need to, you know, if you're here to receive the Holy Ghost, you're here to be healed, then we'll be laying hands on you tomorrow uh, before we have lunch, okay? Then we'll have lunch, we'll fellowship, and we'll get you all headed back uh, towards your home. Stand up. Hey, thank you again so much. That's Prophet Tom Deckard, Mount Carmel, Illinois. Cradle of Hope Ministries. Again, you can get more information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. Get out there, do yourself a favor, find out what's going on here, and you won't be disappointed. So, again, you can also get more. All the tape series is out there on the website for you to get a hold of. I greatly encourage you to get all that. 
You can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprophet.com, and we'll be praying for your prayer request. Again, that's cradle at jewishprophet.com. Shalom. Until next week, remember, with God, all things are possible.